0: Throughout human history, there have been men and women who have made a tremendous sacrifice for the sake of others. We've seen that kind of sacrifice. At the graves of fallen heroes, men and women of our armed forces who have given their lives on the field of duty. Police officers who have given their lives in their line of work to protect us. And firefighters who have died in battling blazes to protect lives. And we've seen the sacrifice of faithful mothers and fathers who have supported and encouraged their children to be everything God created them to be. But today we come to the sacrifice of a man who gave everything for us. Not for an individual, not for a city or a nation, but for the whole world. This man, this king, made the greatest sacrifice that has ever been made. He gave his life for all. It was a kingdom sacrifice. That's what I want to look at today as we continue our series on Pray, So Grow. Today we look at a kingdom sacrifice, the kingdom sacrifice of Jesus. And I'm going to be using uh, different passages of Scripture, but I will mainly be in Matthew 26. So if you want to turn there in your Bibles, Matthew 26. When we get there, you'll be able to follow along with me. Let's pray together. Father, today we we want to... To ask you to help us remove every bit, every bit of distraction from us, Lord. Because today we need to think about you and what you did for us. We need to ask ourselves the question what am I doing for Jesus? In Jesus' name, amen. Today in our scripture passages, we come to the most important week in history, the Passion Week of our Savior. Everything that we have studied about the coming kingdom depended upon what happened during that week. It was on a Sunday like this one, when the Lord Jesus rode a donkey through the eastern gate of Jerusalem. His worshipers waved palm branches and shouted, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna! John wrote, A great multitude that had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem took branches of palm trees and went out to meet Him and cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. I want you to follow along with me and think about this Passion Week and the events of it. Here was the King of Israel. In fact, the King of all creation, riding a donkey, padded with the clothing of ordinary people, worshipped with the hands and voices of the most common of people, the religious elite, they were, they were missing. The political leaders, they were absent. What we had, have here were ordinary people, people like me, who knew of Jesus, and when they heard He was coming to Jerusalem for Passover, they were excited to worship Him. As we saw last week, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, He went into the temple, into the court of the Gentiles, and drove out the merchants and money changers and declared, This is my house. It's a house of prayer for all peoples, both Jews and Gentiles. That was on Sunday. We call it Palm Sunday. Now, for the next couple of days during that week, Jesus intensified His training, His teaching about His coming kingdom. Matthew 22, and Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. In Matthew 22, Jesus answered questions about our relationships in his kingdom. What will happen to those who were married and then their spouse died and they married again? What will happen in the kingdom? Jesus talked about that. Then Jesus condemned the pride and hypocrisy of the Pharisees. In Matthew 23, we read how Jesus wept over the spiritual condition of Jerusalem. He said, "'O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones, those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, "'Blessed is he who comes.'" In the name of the Lord. In Matthew 24, Jesus told of the wicked conditions on earth that would lead to the great tribulation. And then in Matthew 25, Jesus taught more kingdom truth in parables. First, in the beginning of Matthew 25, then the kingdom of heaven shall be like, likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. He could come at any moment. Then Jesus gave not a parable, but a kingdom picture, where He, as King of kings, will finally come to this earth and be seated upon His throne, ruling over every inch of this earth. He said, When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from, from the goats. And He will set the sheep on His right hand, but the goats on the left. And then the King will say to those on His right hand, Come, you blessed of My Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now, this is a kingdom promise. Of Jesus promise to all who love Him and follow Him, that the evil of this world will not always triumph. The day is coming when the Lord Jesus will be crowned, will judge and will reward all who are faithful and true to Him with an eternity in His kingdom. The kingdom itself is our reward. our reward for faith. In Jesus and faithfulness to Jesus. But all that glory would not have been would not have happened had it not been for the sacrifice of Jesus, the sacrifice he made during that Passion Week. Wednesday came. Matthew wrote, Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings, that he said to his disciples, You know, after two days is the Passover and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Then the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders of the people assembled at the palace of the high priest who was called Caiaphas, and they they plotted to take Jesus by trickery and kill Him. Having announced to His disciples His upcoming death by crucifixion, Jesus went to Simon's house in Bethany, where a woman came up to Him and poured oil, expensive fragrant oil, all over Him. When the disciples, especially Judas, complained about the waste of this perfume, Jesus said in verses 10 through 12, that when Jesus was aware of it, He said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she's done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my head, on my body, she did it for my what? Are you with me? For my what? Burial. Now this was not to Judas' liking. You know, he loved money. In fact, he was the treasurer for the disciples. He carried the money bag. And all this talk of Jesus dying, that was not to his liking. That was not what he wanted to hear. Judas wanted Jesus to crush the Romans and raise up the disciples and himself to a place of prominence. Again, Matthew records verse 14. Then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priest and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to Jesus how much silver? 30 pieces of silver. It was the price of a slave of that day. A slave. 30 pieces of silver. So from that time, Judas sought opportunity to betray Jesus. Now, the plot is thickening. Again, Jesus had announced several times that He would be leaving this world, that He was going to to die and be buried. What better time than the Passover? It was the Feast of Passover when Passover lambs would be killed to remember how God rescued His people from Egyptian bondage by sending a plague of death upon all the firstborn in the land. God gave His people one remedy, one escape. God told the heads of each family to kill a lamb and put its blood around the doors of each home. And when God saw that blood, He would honor their faith and His judgment would pass over that house. Each year, the Jews celebrated the Passover with a meal of bitter herbs to remember the bitterness of bondage, and a roasted lamb to remember how God saved through the blood of sacrifice. So on Thursday evening, after 6 o'clock, and by the way, Friday was Passover. And Friday began for the Jews at 6 p.m. on Thursday. So at 6 o'clock, or thereabouts, a little after, Jesus sat down with His 12 disciples to observe the Passover and help them understand the kingdom sacrifice He was just about to make. Verses 20 through 23. When evening had come, Jesus sat down with the twelve. And as they were eating, He said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray Me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and each of them began to say to Him, Lord, is it I? And Jesus answered and said, what did He say? Read it with me. He who dipped His hand with Me in the dish will betray Me. Judas knew exactly who it was. He was, a, he was the betrayer. He had already sold Jesus out. And Jesus probably said those words as Judas was dipping his bread into that cup of bitter herbs. Jesus said to them, verse 24, The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of Him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? He said to him, You have said it. With his own question, his own deceit, Jesus said, You have been found out. John said, Now after the piece of bread, Satan entered him. And then Jesus said to Judas, What what you do, do quickly. Having received the piece of bread, he went out then immediately, and it was night. After Judas left the room, Jesus showed his disciples just how much, He was willing to give for them. He revealed to His disciples how He was the Passover Lamb who would give His life so that they might be set free and we might be set free from the bondage of sin. Verse 26, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and He blessed and He broke it. And He gave it to His disciples and said, Take, eat, this is My body. And He took the cup, and having given thanks, He gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is My blood of the what? new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in My Father's kingdom." Through His own blood, Jesus would form a new covenant, a covenant of grace by which all who would believe in Jesus and receive Him as Savior and Lord and King of their lives could be forgiven, set free from the bondage of sin, and enter His kingdom with eternal life. The covenant Jesus made at that last Passover meal was a kingdom covenant. Not through the law, not through the blood of animals, but through the kingdom sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the breaking of His body and the shedding of his blood. After they finished the Passover meal, Jesus led his disciples out to the garden of Gethsemane where he would agonize over the terrible price it would cost for our salvation. We see in verse 37, he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And he said to them, "My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me." He went out a little further and fell on his face and prayed saying, "O oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me; nevertheless, not as I will, But as you will. Why was it so important for those disciples to see Jesus pray and hear His cry? Because He wanted them to know. And later they would write, so we could know. That if there was any other way, He would not have to make that sacrifice. If it were possible for us to enter the kingdom without the cross, Jesus would not have died. It's almost inconceivable to think that the One who created the universe, the One who was crowned in glory and worshipped by the angels, that same God of all creation, would be killed by His sinful creation. From that moment on, everything moved quickly. Judas led the soldiers to arrest Jesus. He was illegally tried before the high priest in Sanhedrin under the cover of darkness. Then he was mocked, spit upon, slapped beaten and crowned with thorns before His life ended on an old rugged cross. Verses 67 and 68, Then they spat in His face and beat Him, and others struck Him with the palms of their hands saying, Prophesy to us, Christ the Messiah, who is the one who struck you? All this abuse was at the hands of men who claimed to be the most righteous in Israel. These were the religious leaders in Israel. How disgusting, hypocrites, all of them. Go to Matthew 27 and verse 27. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! Then they spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him and put his own clothes on him and led him away to be, what? Crucified. Betrayal, denial, abandonment. Mocked, humiliated, flogged, pierced with nails, bleeding, suffering, broken hearted, crowned with thorns, dying in agony. No greater love has ever been shown. No greater sacrifice has ever been made. Isaiah the prophet saw this horrible horrible scene centuries before it happened. And he wrote about it. Will you read these words from Isaiah with me? Let's. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Change the slide. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. How about that? Next. He was oppressed and He was afflicted yet He opened not His mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent. So He opened not His mouth. Friends, when Jesus could have condemned you and I for our sins that caused His suffering and death, He opened not His mouth. When He could have called legions of angels to come down and destroy this entire world, He opened not His mouth. When Jesus, feeling the intense pain of the metal spikes through His hands and feet, and the thorns piercing His scalp, and the suffocating pressure as His lungs fill with fluid, when Jesus could have said, they're not worth it, they don't deserve My mercy, when He could have ended it all and sent us all, To eternal punishment in hell, He opened not His mouth. In fact, Jesus said only a few things from the cross, one of which was a prayer for us all. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. The sacrifice Jesus made was for the sake of the kingdom. If Jesus had not died on the cross, He could have brought His kingdom to earth, but but He could not have brought us into it. If Jesus had not made the ultimate sacrifice, no one would be able to enter heaven and experience eternal life. Jesus made a kingdom sacrifice for each of us, and the question is, what kind of sacrifice are we willing to make for Jesus and His kingdom? In the events of this Passover week, of this Passion Week, we're all there. We're in the crowd. We're either like Judas we betrayed Jesus for money. We're like Peter who denied Jesus at the most critical point of his life. We're like the disciples who saw the crucifixion and then ran away in fear. Or we're like the people who condemned Jesus and tried to end his life. There are people like this today all around us. In fact, we're living in a time of Christian persecution like I've never seen before. This evil culture created and empowered by Satan is using our greatest institutions to attack our faith and label Christians as a danger to our nation. Amazing. There are forces at work trying to remove every mention of Jesus from our society. And while the enemies of Christ are hard at work, those who call themselves Christians are silent, hiding their faith unwilling to sacrifice even the smallest comforts for Jesus. Today I ask you a question. Just how much does the kingdom sacrifice Jesus made for you really mean to you? What is it worth to you? What would you be willing to give? What would you be willing to give for Jesus? Isaac Watts, moved by the thought of Jesus' sacrifice, put those thoughts into words that have been sung by the church for more than 300 years. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and poor contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God, all the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them through His blood.
1: Sing with me. See from his head his hands, his feet. Sorrow and love flow go down. Did there such love and sorrow? far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul.
0: No greater sacrifice, no greater reward could we have than Jesus. That's our kingdom principle. Read it with me. Jesus' cross of suffering demands a kingdom sacrifice from us. When we truly think about what Jesus did for us, what He sacrificed so we could enter His kingdom, it should move us to love Him so much that we would be willing to give Him anything and everything Jesus didn't open His mouth to condemn us. So we should open our eyes to see those who desperately need Him. We should open our minds and hearts to the Holy Spirit so He can guide us into the fields that are white to harvest. We should open our hands to sow kingdom seeds and support kingdom work. We should open our mouths to tell others what Jesus did for them, how He loves them and wants to save them. Let's bow. In a moment, we observe the Lord's Supper just as Jesus did with His disciples nearly 2,000 years ago. Though Peter denied Jesus and the rest of the disciples ran in fear, Jesus' sacrifice brought them back to the place where they gave everything, even their own life, for the privilege of sharing the gospel. What are you willing to do? to give back to Jesus in gratitude for His sacrifice? What are you willing to do to sow the seeds of His kingdom? How much of a kingdom sacrifice are you willing to make? Maybe you need to ask Jesus to be your Savior. Maybe you need Him to start directing your life. If so, pray right where you are. Pray in your heart and say, Dear Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I have kept so much of my life back from You. I ask You to forgive me for all my sins. I believe You died on the cross. You suffered. You shed Your blood. You died in agony as a sacrifice for me. Please forgive me, Jesus. Please forgive me for not seeing how important that was. I ask you today to come into my heart. Take out all the trash that's in my life. All the past sins, the present sins, the future sins. Come into my heart, Jesus, and be my Savior forever. Today I accept you, Jesus, as my Savior and my King. And I promise from this day forward, I'll take you seriously. I'll follow you. Thank you, Jesus, for being my Savior. Thank You for saving me. Jesus traded a crown of glory for a crown of thorns. He did it for you. What place does He have in your life? While the musicians just play softly, will you just bow your head and today, Christians, make sure Jesus is the King of your life. Just talk to Him. If there's something taking you away, from focusing on Jesus. Something that keeps you from loving and serving Him first in your life. Give that to Him. Thirty pieces of silver is what Judas got. What are you exchanging for Jesus in your life today? Nothing's more important. Jesus doesn't want you to accept Him and then just Every once in a while, go to church. And every once in a while, do the right thing. Jesus wants all of you. Are you willing to give Him all of you today? Are you willing to make that sacrifice? Just pray and talk to Him now. Father, we... Thank you for being with us today. And for me, Lord, I want you to have all of me, all of me, so that you might use me in some way to help others get into your kingdom. And Lord, as we come to this solemn moment, as we take this bread and drink this juice, Lord, I pray that not only would we remember what you did for us, We would think about what we're doing for you. In Jesus' name, amen.